0: Once again, my code for 10% off is Ryan10. And now, let's get started with today's show. Welcome to An Actor's Despairs. I'm your host, Ryan Perez. Today on An Actor's Despairs, we have an amazing episode with truly one of the kindest and greatest musicians I know, Eric Eisner. He's got his new EP out, called Hornsby is the title that he goes under and he's an incredible artist I grew up in New York watching his band The Dig play so many iconic venues and when he sent me his EP I was so blown away we're going to listen to a single off it called All My Love and then we're going to jump into the interview Eric I got so much love for you brother we're going to do more of these so much love here we go geyser aka horns b man how you doing brother it's a great song thank you so much ryan um i'm doing well how about yourself ah dude i i've been jamming your ep i got the very very vip sneak peek i was able to check the tunes out and it's all i've been listening to and i love you know everything that you've done throughout your whole life but this is a really awesome culmination of everything sonically that i've kind of noticed you know, from your time in the dig and and everything that you contribute, you know, because I'm I'm an actor, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I am i am am i can not play, but I'm a fucking music enthusiast, so I'm very
1: envious of what oh, you can do, man. Thanks so much, Ryan. Um, um, thanks for for checking out the music. I'm really glad that you like it. Um, and um, I'm envious of you because uh, uh, the performance skills are something that that I, um, are important for for uh, musicians as well. So. Dude, I've seen you oh, live. I got you your got your own thing going on. You got the chops and, <laughs> and you're a fucking pretty boy. You're fine, man. You're, oh, man. <laughs> you're no. ready to take over. I, I haven't been hitting the gym like you, though, man. I, I see. I, I check you out on Instagram. I know how hard you're working on. Oh, this. well, when you
0: quit drinking and doing drugs, you got to fuck yourself up some other way. You know?
1: <laughs> but uh, I hear. Well, that, I think that's a positive way. I hope, I hope it's a positive way.
0: Yeah, man. So I guess for the audience listening, you know, how I discovered you is like one of my all-time favorite bands is The Dig. And Mm -hmm. I don't, you probably, obviously I didn't, we didn't meet till like two months ago. And, uh, but I've always followed you and, and, you know, man, I, I I don't want anyone to get excited here, but I was a keyboard player in a garage Ah. band in high school. That was very successful. So I my my eyes were always on you, you know, man? uh, man, I went to this party back in 2008 when like nyu was like still kind of up and coming and bushwick was still kind of bushwick and it was like uh nyu has this program called clive davis which is mm. like a lot of very famous musicians have come through there and studied and so they have this like literal warehouse i think it was on on morgan or a halsey or whatever okay and they have like yeah they have four different rooms and of different bands and then i came in and you guys were in the first room and that was more my thing. And I checked you guys out and it just mm. fucking blew me away. And then, uh, I think it was, it was a meal that handed me a copy. And it was, you, when you guys were hanging out, uh, she's going to kill that boy penitentiary and one other. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Was like back, yeah the back of that, was, that was a while ago. That was, yeah. that was a
1: really fun time for sure. Um, well, um, I mean, we're, we're psyched that you, you, uh, are into the music and, um, I know from speaking with, the other guys of how, how much uh, you, you were into the dig. So that's, it's really cool to hear. But dude, I'm, I'm into you. So let's talk about your journey. Where, where did cool. you grow up, man? Uh, I grew up in the Coachella Valley in Southern California. No so way. The Palm Springs area. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that,
0: that must be weird now that Coachella is such a commercial fucking thing.
1: Yeah. Um, I remember I worked in a record store when I was in high school. And I remember the first, I think it was the first or second Coachella Fest. And I remember just seeing the stack of tickets. It, it was back in the day when people were still buying CDs and, and things like that. And did so you uh, go
0: to the first one.
1: I did go, oh. I didn't have, I didn't have enough money to go and uh, I wasn't cool enough. So I, I didn't get a chance to go, but, um, I just, I did contemplate stealing the tickets, but that was not, Oh man, I, don't, I wouldn't have gotten away with that. So, um, but I remember, I think I remember. Rage Against the Machine was playing. Oh yeah, one that's year, right. and yeah. and then uh, Radiohead was playing within the first three years or something, and, and so it was really exciting because the desert. It didn't seem like I mean there was a lot of cool things happening there in terms of like the Queens of the Stone Age desert raves and and some some stuff like that. But we didn't. It really was also have Jesse from Eagles of Death Metal, right? They both came from. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. They both. Yeah. I, I have heard some stories. Actually, I think that. If I'm not mistaken, Jesse Hughes worked at the record alley in, in Palm Desert where I worked um, I'm not sure if he did or not. Maybe that that could have been a rumor, but I know all the people that I worked. With, they were they were a lot older than me, and they went to high school with those guys. So no
0: way, man. Yeah, it was,
1: that was kind of cool.
0: Well, dude, before we like really dig in, pun intended, uh, what did, <laughs> what do what, what did your parents do? Were they artists? Like, how did this art bug happen for you?
1: No, not really. They just kind of had um, pretty normal jobs. Uh, my mom was a, a public school teacher. Oh, mine too. No yeah. way. Oh, yeah. Cool, cool. So, um, and my dad was in finance and. Just kind of a, a pretty typical, uh, solid uh, upbringing and and um, really supportive parents. Uh, but yeah, I'm not really. I don't think there wasn't really any musicians in the family that I can think. You of, have siblings at all, or I had siblings. Um, I had a cup. One of my cousins really turned me. Oh, oh, sorry, my sister. Yeah, she was. Uh, she was. She was. Uh, and she was younger, so um, it didn't come from necessarily. Ah, got it a sibling, but music was always a like uh, being listened to. And, and my dad really turned me on to some cool stuff when I was a kid and, and my cousins listened to really cool music. And so I just kind of got sucked in, I think, um, through listening. Well, if
0: you don't mind setting the landscape, because like, as we kind of just spoke about Coachella, I feel like the narrative about the Coachella literal area in Palm Springs now is is very different than what it originally was. Cause like in the seventies and eighties, it was like, we rock stars and movie
1: stars vacations. Yeah. But what was it like actually living there full time? Uh, I think I probably grew up in the interim between the, the rock stars and, and movie stars coming down to party for spring break, the Coachella Fest era. When Got I was it. growing up, it was kind of, um, I mean, a lot of desert lots. I used to wait for the bus and there was nothing but desert lots all around me. And, and now wow. it's, it's, yeah, it was, it was like, you know, when so was, it wasn't it, really developed, is what you're saying. It wasn't developed yeah, at, yeah. at all, or not nearly to the um, extent that it is now. And um, I think and I still think that maybe uh, there's like uh, 50% of us live there year round. And then, wow. um, you know, the golf courses and, and things like that, um, and the nice resorts and, 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 and such that people come. For to get out of the cold and especially during the months of like you know November through March is is absolutely gorgeous there um so yeah I was um I felt like uh, it was it was definitely it felt like a, a safe place to grow up and it was it was fun um uh the, I like the public schools were big there's like 2,500 kids in my high school. Oh, wow. so you didn't have like a ghost town feeling. No, no, it oh. wasn't. It? That, that's the, that's the interesting thing. I think maybe is that like, you know, there's a thousand kids in my middle school and there's a lot of kids at, at my elementary, there's, and it was very diverse. So, um, it didn't feel like a small town, but yet I think it really was in terms of, um, in terms of exposure to art and things like that. There wasn't, yeah. there didn't feel like there was a whole lot of that. Um, and just, you know, it was difficult, I think, to kind of, I was like dying to be in a band my whole life and to find other people who who wanted to do that with their lives. And it was, it was really difficult to find that there, um, just because I think that's where the small town sort of uh, started to show itself in that way.
0: And, and talk to me about that impetus. Where do you think that arrived from, like watching MTV or was there a record? Was it, was there a moment where you were like, this is, you know, cause I'm an actor and I kind of remember my moment. It was like jaws, but yeah. you know, for you, was it, was it
1: just a series of things and, or was it isolated? Uh, yeah. I don't know if there was a specific moment that I decided, but I just, I just remember that my parents were really good about keeping us busy and letting us try stuff out. Like, Hey, you want to take swimming lessons or, you know, like let's play some baseball, or let's. You know, they they always kind of encourage us to do activities, and then, and then they got me a keyboard, and I, I took some piano lessons, but it, it wasn't serious. It was they weren't intense piano lessons or anything. Just you weren't of, like doing Chopin recitals or no, 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 <laughs> nothing, nothing like that. Just yeah. kind of like getting me introduced to it, and they weren't really strict. They they you know they encouraged me to like kind of you know do, it, but they didn't really like watch me practice or they didn't like keep tabs on me really. But I just got I just got super into it and um, That's
0: beautiful re- because that makes sense because you you know, usually you hate things your parents force upon you and because right. they kinda gave you that cool space, you're like, actually I fucking love this, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was kinda like just yeah. like do you
1: want to try this? And I was like, sure. And I just and then I realized at some point I realized like maybe when I got Nirvana Nevermind, I realized I could play the songs on, on the keyboard, like I learned what I didn't know what they were called. I didn't know they were called power chords or whatever, but, um, I just kind of learned, you know, all the songs off of that on, on the keyboard. And I was like, Oh, you know, I kind of then started thinking that I wanted to play guitar, but I just kind of stuck, uh, keyboards for a while. Um, and eventually picked up guitar, but, um, yeah, so I think at that moment, once I, I figured out that I could play songs that I listened to, that I, that I really loved. Yeah. Um, and like, as a, like, a 10 year old kid or whatever. Then I started to think like, this is something that I, I really want to do. And I really love. Before you left, were that was the narrative of Queens of the stone age in existence yet, or were they just getting up? I honestly was, I didn't even, I wasn't that cool. I didn't even know about them when Got I was, it. when I was growing up. I mean, I, I knew of them be, from working in the record store and I, and I obviously knew their name. I just hadn't really checked out their music yet. I, I'm Got a huge it. fan of theirs um, yeah. now, but yeah, um, yeah, so I guess it was definitely they were definitely like the darlings of the desert for yeah, sure. You know, yeah,
0: totally. Like, oh, so that's awesome, man. In, in high school, any bands that you did or no?
1: Yeah, really bad bands that. Oh, aren't that's worth it. Mine me, was too. <laughs> yeah, I, I like. I, I was dying to be in a punk rock band my whole life. I was dying to be in a punk rock band, but I just uh, I was kind of a shy kid, so I I uh, didn't really you know, uh, it it was difficult for me to like, you know, make that happen on my own. And, And then once I kind of found out about some kids playing and then it was kind of hard because I played keyboards. So, you know, uh, being playing keyboards in a, in a punk rock band is, and then, and then also just like the type of music I was listening to and the type of music that other kids were listening to didn't really, it never really, uh, it was never really in sync. Um, and just got in it. terms of like who I was hanging out with, but I wasn't, I played in some high school bands that it was definitely a lot of fun and, and some, some of my good friends still. So,
0: and do you feel like with the, you know, the keyboard and guitar, the natural progression was learning to sing? Cause you got an incredible voice, you know, we oh, heard thank whole- you so
1: much. Yeah. yeah. Um, I appreciate that. Um, I definitely. I was extremely shy and timid about singing when I was a kid and I, I definitely sang a little bit. Um not in any sort of I never really took any lessons or, or figured out how to do it properly. Uh but I always kind of like uh sang melodies and, and came up with my own songs and stuff as a kid. And then um eventually, you know, when I got into music school and, and I was it was it was more instrumental At I really Berkley, right? Berkeley, right? Yeah, Berkeley, yeah. I went yeah. to Berkeley and just kind of focused on my instrument and spent a lot of time practicing and and played with Emil and David. and, And then we started writing songs together. And, and as the dig progressed, like, you know, um, it was kind of, they both wanted to sing and it didn't really make sense for us to have three singers. And I was kind of just cool, just, um, helping write songs and, 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 and writing music and writing songs. And I, I didn't really have the urge to, to sing or, or sort of like front the band. And then, and then eventually you know I just decided that that's something I wanted to do and and I kind of I kind of dived into singing a little bit more and started working on it and um, so yeah
0: that's awesome man so but let's talk about Berkeley because that's you know for all the actors listening that's I mean obviously Juilliard's a great music school as well but it, it it's another Juilliard Berkeley's like one of the best schools in the world for music
1: it, it, yeah yeah it has that reputation for sure um, and uh, yeah it was I thought it was um were your parents supportive of you going there? They were, yeah. Um, yeah. I thought I think it was it was like for me, I used it as the one chance that I saw to kind of get out of the desert and to meet some other musicians. And I felt like if I didn't do that, I probably wouldn't be. I probably I, I, I just felt like I might not be able to pursue music in the same way because I wanted to be surrounded by people who wanted to do that with their life. Yeah, and nobody nobody that I knew. Was interested in like absorbing themselves into it in that way, and David and Emil. When I met them, we became such good friends. And, and was that, that just sort of- a class where you guys met? I mean, you know, to got- me that's a historic moment because I love that band. So yeah, you know, yeah. But, yeah. Um, I actually remember the day I met those guys. Um, it was actually just in like uh, in the dorm rooms around. I and mean, we went to we went to a summer program for musicians. Oh. At Berkeley, and it was it was kind of like an introduction to the school in a sense. And I kind of met them there, and I just remember being really impressed with how uh, how into music they were, and how much and how obsessed they were with it, and how much they wanted to play all the time. And I was like, you know, holy shit, i I've, I've never experienced people who want to do this. Uh, for this long every yeah. single day and I was like this is this is what you know this this is the kind of these are the kind of people I, I really want to be around because it just didn't it wasn't happening where I where I was growing up and and so that's kind of why I felt like I needed to do that and, and go there and um yeah I think it was a really good experience. I, I think that at some point you you kind of feel like maybe you want to pursue you, you have an idea of what you want to pursue but you kinda like you're, it's the conflict of, of, uh, doing the work necessary to like, you know, pass all your classes and, 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 get yeah. through and get the degree, but also wanting to get out there and just kind of like fi- you've, you've figured out what you, what you want to do and, and you want to, and you want to start working on that, you know? So do you feel like it was 50, 50, like 50% of your
0: focus was on classwork and 50% was focused on the dig or was it, you know,
1: the dig, the dig and, and just, and being, I think the pursuit of being in a band, the pursuit of, of writing music and, and writing songs was all, was a hundred percent all the time. Wow. And then, and then the classwork was just like, essentially it was just practicing because it, yeah. it was, there was, um, you know, um, it, it's, it's a very jazz sort of, uh, I've heard that. Yeah. Jazz focused school, which is cool. Um, but there's, you know, there's a lot of, there's people who come from a lot of different sort of musical backgrounds and it's not, it's not only that. And you can certainly find whatever you want and, and you can, you can find the people that maybe, um, uh, are, you're compatible with musically for sure. But, um, it is, it is very, uh, jazz focused. So I was a performance major. So, you know, that was, that was a lot of what was pushed on me to do. And, and you get kind of sucked into that world and, and you, and you explore it. But, you know, I think that what I, what I realized is that a lot of those kids that were, were going there for jazz and, and, and who were just, you know, amazing players, they kind of grew up with that kind of music and, and they understood the, the culture and, and they were, they were steeped in it from an early age. And I kind of was super into music, but I, I didn't really get into jazz until later. And then you kind of learn like, you know, maybe being a, a jazz pianist is not what isn't, wasn't in the cards. It's not really what I yeah. want to pursue, but yet, but it's still, it it was still extremely helpful in terms of, um, uh, just proficiency on the instrument and just, and just like the, and the work ethic that it kind of instills and just being able to sit down for a long time and work on something Yeah, and, um, and practice.
0: So, And particularly in, in, in Hornsby and and also in some of the records with the dig, you know, you have an amazing utilization of of synthesizers. Was that something you've
1: always been interested in? Oh yeah. Really? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I've always, I've always had, uh, some kind of cool synthesizer, um, you know, and, and, uh, I, you know, kind of, as you get older and you kind of learn the world of recording and gear and things like that, you, you come across you know, um, or that kind of stuff, and then you just get obsessed with it. You start buying it, and, and yeah, the, and, um, the Juno so D
0: or the the Rollins and yeah, yeah, like, I, yeah.
1: for sure, I, Juno and Moog and Profit Prophet, and all the all you know, there's an endless list of amazing synthesizers, and and uh, you know, so I'm, I'm definitely super into that, and I think, uh, uh, they're, yeah, they're just a lot of fun to to play and to, to experiment with. That's awesome, man. And
0: so you, you, David and Emil, you you guys all graduated, right? Uh, yeah, we did. We all graduated. Yeah. Was there, you know, a discussion while you were there about moving to New York and pursuing this, or did that just kind of happen? Definitely.
1: No, it was, it was, uh, it was like pretty much the goal the entire time we were there. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's awesome, man. Yeah. It's, it's tough to
0: find, you know, partners that you can open yourself up to and, not feel dominated by and feel like you can be contributing to something that's a, a whole, but is Definitely. three parts. So talk right. talk to me about that experience, moving to New York, graduating art school, which is tough for any artist. And, you know, w- what year is this? I mean, I'm not trying to date, but this is like 2007, right? Or uh, Yeah, around that. Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so what yeah, was so it? I think 2007 is when we moved to New York City, yeah. So at that point, you know, Napster had already existed and kind of music sales were dead, but the, yeah. in, the independent band thing was still a very viable thing. You know, I think the Black Keys really had a big year that year. Yeah. So what what was your guys, I guess, positioning? Like, What tactically, what were the moves you guys started making?
1: Well, um, first we started, I remember we kind of like got serious really serious about meeting up every day and writing songs and practicing and and just getting good as a band and and like discovering what what kind of music we wanted to make because at that point we had played a lot of different styles of music and and it was kind of like we needed to sort of make some decisions in terms of like what we're going for here yeah and then we kind of just fell more into some you know uh songwriting and and You know, I guess at that time, more of an indie rock type of vibe, but, um, and yeah. And so we just started playing and, and and just being in New York. And at that time we hung out in the Lower East Side a lot where it was gentrified and before everything just keeps pushing East. And then, um, so it was interesting. It was still like a really cool, fun, uh, sort of place to hang out a lot of rock and roll bands and, and a really cool vibe down there. And we started to do residencies at Pianos and that's kind of where, um, and we would just go down and we would just plaster the, that, uh, the, East the
0: With posters. I
1: remember exactly. it. Yeah. yeah. And, um, meals, girlfriend, Allie would make all of our posters, like some really, really awesome posters that she made. And we would just plaster the town and, and we would, we'd actually bring some people out to the shows. And, and then we started to sell out our residencies every week at Pianos and it was, uh, it, you know, the, the shows were, I remember just like super energetic and a lot of fun. And yeah. You guys became a town favorite pretty quick. It seemed, it seemed like, th- like things were going pretty well. And, and, and then we had ended up, you know, playing, uh, Mercury lounge and selling that out and then get, and then the promoters at Bowery ballroom would have us open up for bands there to kind of help with the draw. And, and from there, we, you know, we kind of got a booking agent and then got to, go on the road and, and tour. Yeah, with you're some, doing Portugal the man back in the day, right? Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. with Probably the most fun shows that we've ever played. You know, wow. it's just like so much fun. Our first time being on the road like that, you know, and, and, and opening up for Portugal the man, just as they were kind of coming into this like massive success. So, yeah. so the room, the rooms were still small. They were like 500 to a thousand person rooms. Oh man. And so they were cool. just like sweaty and intense and, and, and just so much fun. And talk to me
0: for you specifically, Eric, like during this time, when you look back on that, you know, to, to go from art school to starting a band to moving to New York to getting it going, that sounds like it all was pretty fast. How was your head at this time? Were you, were you over the moon? Were you kind of. Oh yeah. Just having a,
1: just having a good time and enjoying it. You know, there's always that, you know, it, it wasn't all, it didn't, it's not all like this picture. Well, um, it it didn't always feel like things were were happening in this perfect way or, or things cuz you know we 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 struggled as a band and, and and it's it we still do and and it's it's like you know it wasn't that we necessarily reached some great success or anything like that as the dig but we i mean we that, that experience was incredible and that experience was really fun, but it did feel, it did feel like a grind, you know, yeah. for sure. And so, um, I think it was just a lot of, uh, at that time for me, it was just really exciting for the most part and a lot of fun. And you kind of always have your expectations set really, really high. And yeah. so you're, you're trying not to get disappointed when things don't work out in the way that you ex- expect or, or want them to. Um, but, uh, I think what I'm left with is that it was just overall, just like a really, really fun experience. And my friendship with David and Emil, um, is, is like, is just truly unique. And, and, um, I think we kind of really pushed each other to, uh, get better as musicians and songwriters. And, and so that's kind of what I think about most is just the, the, the experience in terms of how much fun it was and. And, um, uh, what I learned from working with them and, yeah. and like, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, not, uh, there, there were a lot of great things that happened and there were a lot of things that like, we really agonized over and gave us a lot of anxiety and, and, uh, were really difficult, you know? Yeah. So, um, but, uh, overall it's, it was like, you know, an incredible experience for sure.
0: That's awesome, man. And, yeah. and, you know, three records and, and like three or four EPs later, you know, you guys decide to move to LA. What was that? What was the impetus behind that decision? Cause like at that point, the dig was still going, right?
1: Yeah. The dig was still going. Um, but that was quite kind of the beginning of like what felt like a big change in everybody's life. And I think we all moved for different reasons. We all had different reasons for moving but we all were just so close that. So it wasn't a band decision. It was individuals. Um, It wasn't, it wasn't solely based on the band. I think that that, that probably had that played a role in everybody's decision to do it. And it made, it's kind of like weighing all of the, it was mentioned that somebody, one of us was going to do that. And at the time, I think David's who his, uh, you know, his uh, girlfriend Kristen was living out here. She was actually living in Palm Springs, and and uh, I grew up here, and yeah, I always wanted yeah. to come back. and And Emil wanted to move out. Emil and his wife Allie wanted to move out here just because they wanted to move. And so, just like you know, all of those things, everyone had their own reasons for being here, and then being able to continue the band was also something that was important to us, or being able to, at, at the very least, being able to make music together. Um, to continue that was, was really important to us. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, the decision, I think everyone had their own reasons and, and the band was, uh, was one factor that played into that for sure.
0: And then talk to me for, for you as Eric, moving back to the West coast, which as you mentioned was, you know, close to home. What was that experience like, you know, having spent so much, I mean, it was about a decade in New York, right. You know, Yeah. but like, how, how was it finding yourself and in- and 2018 in in LA and oh. having to re-navigate, you know, music in a town that's saturated with, you know, yeah. so, I mean,
1: entertainment. It's that's it yeah. revolves Honestly, I think it 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 was uh, I I I really I I it was easier than what I kind of expected to a certain degree. Um, I I love California, so I was really happy to be back in Southern California. And I was closer to family and and some old friends that I hadn't seen in a long time, and kind of actually uh, started to. It was kind of easier to to meet people out here for whatever reason, and I started to kind of get involved with other p- projects. Um, we were so hyper focused on the dig in New York City that we had such tunnel vision that we didn't. I don't know if we didn't allow ourselves to kind of exist outside of that. Exist outside yeah. of that, just because yeah. we were so obsessed. Yeah, and then so I think. In a way, it was kind of a healthy release from that, where like everybody started to kind of get involved with other projects and their own projects, and so it was kind of like it, it was refreshing, really, to move out here and like play with, play in the bands, uh, do other things musically, and and start my own project. And and and, and so, um, yeah, I think it provided that opportunity. It was it was um, kind of easy to kind of fall into that out here.
0: And talk to me, you know, with with Hornsby was were the seeds of that form during your time at the dig, as you said, you had tunnel vision or did that not really come to fruition until you moved to LA?
1: Um, well, I think that uh, we all always had our own music that we were writing. And I, I always had my own, you know, music and songs that I, that I had written. And I think that was one of the, the uh, battles or one of the, what uh, something that we, we all sort of uh, sort of battled when we were playing in the dig was was that we all had our own music and there was only so many songs can go on an album. And, and like, how do we do this so that everyone feels like they're a part of it? And yeah. People's songs are going to get... That's the hardest so. part of being a band, man. Because
0: like, yeah. oh, dude, I quit three times over that shit. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 and,
1: yeah. And I'm sure we all had moments where we felt like we wanted to do that too. Yeah. But so th- it kind of, uh, I, I always... I think we all always wanted knew that we were going to release our own music at some point, because it's just like, it's just not possible to get all of the things that you, that you really want to get out there in, in one band with three songwriters. It's just, you know, it's too, um, I think everyone feels a little stifled uh, to a certain degree when, when, when you're in that situation. So, um, I think it was just, you know, in terms of like Hornsby and all of that, I think I, you know, it's just like myself always writing and always writing songs. And, um, I think, you know, the actual sort of, uh, putting it all together happened out here in LA, but it's definitely something that I always wanted to do. That's awesome, man. Well, um, I'm curious, you know, as, as
0: you guys got to LA and and made the decision to dissolve the dig and start something new, I imagine that yearning for something new also, you know, as you mentioned, everyone kind of finally focused on their thing. Emil scored, you know, David got creature doom going. Did you start to, to really focus on like, I want an EP or was it just writing that turned into an EP? Um,
1: I was writing and then I, I, I felt like an EP would probably be a good place to start. Yeah. Um, a small collection of, of, of music. And, um, yeah, I think that, I think that once everybody started to do that and then everyone was on their own timeline with that kind of stuff, Totally. So, you know, it was, it was just like, it, it was just kind of, uh, realized that sort of tacitly that everybody was kind of doing their own thing. And, um, yeah, so I just started, started to work on my, my own thing and, and, um, uh, yeah, and, 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 and like I said, uh, it wasn't really necessarily a timeline that was around anybody else's decision to do something, but, but just kind of realizing that everybody was doing that, we all kind of realized we were doing that at the same time and started to focus on our own project.
0: That's awesome, man. Well, it's something yeah. I, I talk with actors a lot on the show and for musicians it's similar but different is you know for actors it's finding their voice for musicians it can be finding your voice but it can be finding your sound and finding your tone and Mm -hmm. obviously for a band that dictates one certain thing because the band has to fall within the you know the rules of genre but for you talk to me about horns b and finding the sound did you have the Mm -hmm. idea for it sonically or was it kind of just like a trial by fire process of writing songs and seeing what was kind of cohesive?
1: Yeah. Um, a little bit of both. Uh, I think for the most part, I tried to take everything that I, uh, you know, even from making music as a, as a kid, like whatever kind of silly beats I would bake on my little synthesizer in, in high school and, things, and just, just trying to take, Take in every aspect of what was kind of pure, or what was um, uh, what I felt like I was was really true to myself in terms of like where I come from musically, and put that all together. Um, and I think it was a little bit of a trial by fire because the process can seem arbitrary at sometimes. Like what like where to even where to even begin. Yeah. So I just kind of have to follow the threads and the inspiration that are happening in the in the moment. And, Uh, I felt like, you know, specifically for this EP, I, I would get really inspired by just like, like taking some obscure loop from like, uh, it could be anything, but like, um, from, from some point in a song or from some section of a, of a song that, that I don't, I, you know, that you might not expect, like not necessarily the hook, but like some, some obscure moment that I, that I felt was interesting. And then I would either like recreate that or, or, uh, just use it as inspiration and, and write a song around it and then delete it or something. Oh, but, that's and awesome. So, yeah. So I kind of started there and then, um, uh, yeah, I kind of, uh, once I had sort of written a couple songs that seemed like they were, uh, that they, that they had similar, um, aspects about them kind of was like oh you kind of realized that like that might be something to continue to follow and pursue in terms of um how i was going to put songs together and put music together
0: and and having such a radical and and gnarly music background as you do i'm curious you know because like you know we always hear of records or eps and someone working with a producer did you feel the need to have an outside influence on this or was it all you the whole way through
1: um, at first, I did, um, and uh, I got together with a couple of friends, and and we worked on a song together. Just because I, I didn't know if I could just produce and record myself. Just be- I I just uh, I had so used to doing everything with other people. Yeah, and I mean writing songs, I felt like I could do on my own. fine, but just like the actual production of it, I didn't know. But then I just kind of felt like during that session that it was something that I would it would, would be better if I did it on my own. And yeah. I just, I just started to do it, just dive in and, and figure it out.
0: That's awesome, man. And, yeah. and obviously, you know, right now it's, it's February, 2021, but when did the seeds of this start to happen?
1: Uh, good question. <laughs> um, well, I guess, you know, in, in a sense, the seeds, uh, I guess I always had like a bunch of songs lying around that I would write, like I mentioned, that didn't get used for whatever reason. And um, I think maybe the seeds in terms of like saying to myself, I'm going to release an EP and I'm going to, you know, uh, start this new project, Hornsby, and and sort of dive into the music that's on this EP was probably about a year
0: ago. So almost would you say this whole thing was was conceived and, and executed in the best sense of the term during the pandemic?
1: Yeah, part of it was um, you know, I had started a little bit before that, probably in the in the previous year in terms of just like you know getting getting music together and, and like having like a, a sketches and and things like that. but like it, I think it the heart of it really started to come together in that court, when we first quarantined, I believe, what was it? March when, when yeah. LA, yeah, it was like March yeah. 13th. Yeah. So it was kind of in that, like, there was five weeks I didn't see a single person and I just, uh, I just worked on music every single day. So,
0: wow. And, and, and yeah. talk
1: to me about, you know, you know, we listened to all my
0: love at the beginning. Was that always something that you had your eyes on for the single or did that kind of just happen by the time you had a finished product?
1: That just kind of—I didn't really. I wasn't too worried about like singles and and th- or what I would release first. I just kind of wanted to put a strong collection of music together that that I felt was cohesive, and first and foremost. And then I kind of just—I mean, I don't. I didn't necessarily. Uh, I wanted to come out with something um, that, and then I then I felt like that song after the fact sort of represented uh, the EP in a way. Uh, that some of the other songs didn't because it has a little bit of, of everything that you might expect to hear yeah. on the EP. So it, it's kind of a what I like to call a twister. It yeah. Kind of a <laughs> I love <laughs> so. it, man.
0: Well, I mean, the EP is incredible, man. I've been jamming Thank it you. since you ever gave it to me and all my love and, and when I look you in, in your eyes. Is, am I saying that right? Sorry if I fucked when I up. When I look you in the eyes. When yeah. I look you in the eyes are definitely two of my favorites. Oh. And man, Thank like, you so much. Wait, I I'm, it's so awesome and it, it's also simultaneously like when I try to describe it I'm like it's kind of like I don't know glass animals meets so many I it's so how would you describe it cuz I'm I'm at a
1: Yeah, I I really hate trying to describe it. Okay, so it, let's but, get that no, question. No, it's no, <laughs> uh, no, a hard but I I would just say that I felt like I wanted to you know um I wanted to try and explore, uh, you know, reimagining samples and 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 incorporating different styles of music without it without it sound ridiculous. So um, it was a challenge in that in that way to kind of incorporate everything that that every, all the different kind of kinds of music that I listen to and, and, and explore the palette and try to try to um, create something that's cohesive out of all of that yeah. was a challenge and it was a challenge. It was something that I, I kind of set out to do. That's awesome. And I'm
0: yeah. curious to ask you, you know, because obviously having the dig started in 2007, you know, I think everyone's goal that was in music at that time was to get a record and or publishing deal and to do the whole thing and do a tour and sell merch and sell records, but then technology shifted and, and SoundCloud and things opened up. So do you feel like now what you're able to do with, with Hornsby? I mean, I just, no question you couldn't have done it in 2007, but how do you feel like technology kind of opened you up to, you know, being able to just do this on your own? You know, I feel like mm. at least certainly in the nineties, you couldn't do it on your own, you know, and it, it sounds incredible. It's like, Thanks it's so you. beautiful. You. Like, Talk to Thank me about you. that as, as
1: craftsmanship, I guess. Yeah, different. you know, um, but I was having this discussion with uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Sonny D. Perry, who actually recorded some dick stuff. He's a engineer and um, uh, producer here in Los Angeles. And we were just, and I think, you know, in terms of, you know, you mentioned selling merch and technology, I think it, uh, and how technology sort of shifted How artists you know put their music out, or what they do in terms of exposure, but also in terms of actually physically making their music. I think that digital recording is in a place where it's it's obviously becoming way more user friendly, and and we're seeing like, I mean, it's it. There's no there's it's so there's it's so saturated with great music. People are able to kind of they have access now in a way that they didn't have access before. Like you don't need to necessarily go to stu- a, a traditional studio. You don't, you can, you can make, a uh, like great, a great album in your bedroom, you know, um, obviously that's subjective because everybody has a little bit of a different opinion or idea of what they would consider a great album, but, or, or a great song. But, um, in terms of like creating music and, um, and recording music it's, be- it's become infinitely easier to do that mm. and so digital recording has really helped in that way and, and for a lot of reasons that 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 is mean for obviously to have the budget to record and go into a traditional studio like that is really expensive so people are able to kind of make their own music and they're also kind of in control of what they want to do yeah. to more they can manipulate um, firsthand what 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 it is they're Thereafter, and so um, I think in that way, actually, making music has changed to become easier in terms of of uh, recording software and just access to you know simplifying the process to a certain degree. Um, and then, yeah, also you know with playing bands and playing in the dig, it, like our approach was always to just like tour. We need to go on tour. Like you know, at one point, I don't even know if Instagram existed. Yeah, for some of the time we were a band, so it so it's just kind of we just grinded it out on the road, and um, which was really fun. But like you know, then I like I have friends in bands who maybe played a handful of shows and they're doing doing so well on Spotify. And the first time they play, they played a sold out show because just because their music was passed around through the through other means, yeah, um, through you know, um, internet and social media and things like that. So. it doesn't, you don't necessarily feel this pressure of like, I got to do something physically. I physically yeah. have to do something in order to, for better or for worse. I mean, it's, it's a little bit, it gives you some, it, I, I think it takes it, it's, it's the anxiety out of it a little bit in terms of like, you know, it's so easy to send somebody your album or it's so in, in different ways um, online. I think it's kind of an obvious way of, you know, it's kind of an obvious, uh, sort of, it's obvious easier to, to reach people through that way than going from town to town, driving around in an old van playing shows at night, yeah. which is also incredible and, and fun. But, um, so in that way, I think it's, it's changed a lot too, in terms of, um, exposure, how, how you might, um, find exposure for your, for your art, for your music.
0: And I, I mean, I hate, I, I mean, it's a graphic word, but, you know, for me as an actor, I've certainly felt castrated as, you know, film productions have calmed down and theaters <laughs> closed. Do you feel yeah. that way without being able to share, you know, what you love to do with a
1: live audience? Because so much. Oh, of, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, you know, I, I was playing keyboards in another band too. We were about to go on a big tour and I was really looking forward to That would have been a two month tour in May, June and. And, um, just, uh, not being able to play my own shows after putting out this EP, I would love to, to do an EP release show and, and play the songs live for the first time. And so that's, that's kind of a bummer. Um, so, I mean, it's really, I think for musicians, the live, the show, the live gig has kind of disappeared. And I think that's, that's really, it's really, uh. Sad for all of us. Yeah, um, but I do. I do think that it's just um, I, I. I have. I all of my friends and everyone I know that that's making music haven't stopped, and they're all, you know, in their studios or in their bedrooms, and they're they're hacking away. So, um, uh, you know, I don't know. I guess. I guess maybe a lot of us are kind of taking the time to just create more, and yeah. then we have our uh, just kind of waiting patiently and anxiously for the for when we can. Play live again,
0: yeah, man! I can't wait, and and your music's so beautiful. I can't wait to hear it live. And uh, any plans yeah. for like a maybe a YouTube show or something? Or
1: uh, I haven't really thought about that. I think I'm kind of just like primarily. We'll see what happens. Um, it's it's definitely like I've definitely thought about maybe putting together some kind of sort of studio performance or live performance in that way. But kind of really focus more on on writing and, and continuing. Oh, so there's a, re- and- a,
0: a record, hopefully, in the future.
1: A record, singles, just like kind of whatever feels right. But um, yeah. I'm definitely, you know, uh, really focused on getting back into the studio and writing again. And um, but yeah, I, I definitely have thought about doing some sort of online live thing. It just it's not quite as exciting. as no, it it's it's not the same. You know, I know. But yeah, uh, but uh, it, it, I'm sure it would be fun to do. So it's definitely possible. And 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 uh,
0: you know, I don't say it is just because Emil's doing it, but dude, I. I would love to see you score something. Is that
1: something you would ever do? Sure. Sure. I would love to do something like that. I've, I've I'm going to hire you for my next, next please do. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm totally down, man. Um, Uh, I, yeah, that is something that I've, I've thought about getting into, um, is obviously just, you know, um, writing some incredible music right now. And, and he's been a part of some really amazing movies and his music is, is, it's great, and I've been lucky enough to work with him on some of it. Not not in terms of scoring, just in terms of playing and coming up with a, a couple of little uh, arrangement ideas on piano and things. So um, I've been I've been kind of able to, uh, you know, be a fly on the wall to a certain degree in terms of like what he's doing, and he's he's brought me in on stuff. So it's it's been a lot of fun, and I and I w- it is something I would enjoy doing.
0: That's amazing, man. And and yeah. one of the things that I, I so greatly appreciate about musicians is very similar to actors is, you know, 0.01% of us become Taylor Swift. You know what I mean? We're we're, <laughs> we're all in this for the long haul because we love the art. We love doing what we can do, yeah. wh- whether that's in front of 50 people, 500, 5,000, 50,000. And I'm curious, yeah. you know, like I struggle this with this myself, having been yeah. in the ebbs of flow of a band and you know, seeing other bands ebb and flow that you open for, how have you presented,
1: prevented yourself from becoming disillusioned? Um, that's a good question. I think, you know, the experience of playing in the dig kind of helped with that. It kind of like when you, when things don't work out in, in this sort of romantic uh, way that you dream about, you kind of, it, it kind of puts things into perspective and then you have to question why, why, what's the reason that you're doing this. And and as you said, um, it's just because that you can't imagine not doing it. And yeah. it's just, you have to do it. There's just, um, it's, I don't know that I have a better answer other than it's just something that I feel like I, I have to do. I just, and then honestly, I think going through that experience, I just don't really care anymore. It's just yeah. kind of more, like obviously I want people to, to, to hear the music and, and I want to, perform for a lot of people and i and i want to and i want a lot of people to hear my music but i just i guess i'm not doing it for that reason necessarily uh, you always hope that that people like it and 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 relate to it but um i think it's just something like you mentioned like once once you get obsessed with the idea of doing it it's really hard to to think about doing anything else
0: yeah i totally agree man well yeah well i i'm obviously here to help in every capacity but how can everyone listening help right now what what the fuck can <laughs> what's what what can my army do for
1: you <laughs> <laughs> well i would say you know you can uh start by by following me on on instagram or twitter um and go to spotify apple music and uh and listening to the the new song um so yeah horns be, um, is my is my artist name on Spotify and Apple Music, or you can follow me at uh, Hornsby, or sorry, Horns underscore B. Yeah. Uh, Instagram Hornsby Music on Twitter, and yeah, just dive into the music. That's awesome, man. And and when when is the full EP coming out? Um, I'm gonna release uh, singles, uh, sort of separate, or, or some some uh, some time in between, every four weeks or so, I'll release a new single. So. In a few months, I'll have the the, OP, the whole EP will be out. Okay, amazing, man. Well, yeah. dude, I I fucking love it, and
0: I'm gonna post every time a single comes out on on both accounts. So I mean, I'm so proud of you, man. You know, I, I know we're just kind of mid, but it's it's such a beautiful piece, and and ah. you know you know I think in 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 some sometimes beautiful ways and sometimes scary ways. You know, the music we discover kind of scores the time of our life that we we experience it in. So it's been so wonderful having this pieces of music to have because I've been spoiled enough to to have the entire EP it, during this time. And it's really uh, it's kept me going, man. It, I, I just I forgot how much I needed new music. I, I even mentioned to you, I just mm. fucking I'm kind of bad about listening to the same five records over and over again because I get, if I'm being an honest, kind of cunty about, you know, discovering new music. <laughs> and, and dude, when when this came, I was like, oh, my God, this is so good. So. You know, you talked about the gym. It's all because of you, dude. It's it's your music.
1: Ah, that's, uh, you're, you're digging it. Yeah. Sorry. I cut, you cut out for a second. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah. 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 I was just saying, you know, thank you so much. And for the kind words, it means a lot to hear that. And, um, I'm really happy that you're, you're enjoying the, the EP and enjoying the music. Well, thank you for doing it, man. And, yeah. and
0: dude, two, two final questions for you, brother. Yeah, yeah, we, we kind of touched on this a little bit, but if, if we can elongate it, it's been a rough year for anyone. And, uh, you know, you did this amazing thing. What's been keeping you
1: inspired? Um, Well, needing something to do for one thing. I mean, it's yeah. not, you know, um, I think that... Um, I think that, like... One major thing that's been keeping me inspired is just like, you know, having a really great circle of friends who are, have such a great work ethic and who are always working on music and keeping those connections close and, and kind of seeing what they're up to and checking out their music. And, and I think in that way, it's kind of like this, this really healthy, competitive sort of spirit of like, you know, you just want to keep up with everybody. You want to keep up with your peers and, and your friends and fire
0: yeah that's beautiful man and well eric fucking Iser, man it was such a pleasure dude i got some aka hornsby i i got so much love for you man this ep is incredible and i know the best is yet to come dude and and it means so much you coming on to get back and and, and provide insight to the audience man I'm, I'm such a big fan i got so much love for you
1: Thanks so much, Ryan. It was a pleasure uh, being on. Thanks so much for having me. And it was a pleasure talking to you, man. Yeah, dude.
0: Rock and roll. Um... If you like the show, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening.